What's up, everybody? This is the HodgePodge Nothing's Podcast, and I am David Korb. Well, guys, I've been down in North Carolina for the last week watching my son play uh, baseball in the Colt World Series qualifier. Um, but now I'm back, and uh, I'm ready to roll. Um, I missed some of the Pirates baseball this past week. It looks like I didn't miss much. Um, I did get to see the kids all get caught up and play. Uh, that was the last game I got to watch besides um, watching the... Uh, game last night and the night before that I got to watch a little bit of the uh, first game against Otani and the Angels um but uh, I saw that um Priester got caught up and uh struggled uh was doing fine and then just struggled uh pretty bad um after the fourth inning um and you know when I was watching Priester I just I just didn't see nothing too dominant I thought he had a really good diver curveball um and that was really about it. I mean, he's only throwing 92 to 94 fastball. Uh, then you better hit your spots. And uh, it seemed like a lot of times he was missing his spots. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it pretty much that's what I took from that with Priester. He's young. We'll see what he can do. Maybe he's just nervous. It's his first game. You know, welcome to the to bigs, you know. But, uh, but yeah, as far as the guys getting called up, um, it just sucked that that first game was how it ended like that. And then it just... And it just snowballed from there. Uh, the series, uh, except for the last game, they you know they ended up beating the Indians. But um, moving on to other things first, before I get to more of that, um, so I came across something on Facebook I thought was interesting. Uh, on the game day MLB uh, page, um, they did a via codified team poll. Do you have a favorable opinion of this team? The Pirates had the sixth. Most favorable opinion of all the teams in baseball. And I thought it was really funny because there's just so much negativity on the Pirates by our the fan base. Ever, you know, I get it for, for good reason um, uh, for the most part. Um, but uh, I just thought it was so funny that there's so much negativity towards the Pirates that somehow... Out of how many teams they got ranked sixth in a favorable liked team? Now I don't know if that's because the other fans' teams like them because they're easy to beat most of the time, or uh, you know, or just in general, you know, they don't, you know they feel bad for the Pirates. Um, but I mean, fans from the team had to vote, so I just thought it was interesting that that the pirates out of all these teams got the sixth most favorable ranked team most liked team in baseball those ahead of him were the orioles number one number two was the diamondbacks three mariners four reds and then five rays uh no surprise that um you know teams like the yankees and the red Sox and the dodgers and you know all them they weren't you know they weren't even near the you know didn't even get top 10 um, but I, th- I thought it was interesting, though, that somehow the Pirates were voted the sixth most liked team in baseball. Um, so I really, I really thought that was interesting. Somebody put that on Facebook, and that was by the Game Day MLB. I meant to put this on the last podcast, but uh, forgot because I got too fired up talking about other stuff. But, um, but yeah, no, I, I thought that was, I thought that was, uh, I thought that was interesting. I wanted to make sure I put that out there. And uh, make you makes you think a little bit, like like you know, what does everyone outside of pirate fans, uh, the outlook do they have on the pirates, and what do they actually think of the pirates? And it looks like 
it's very a very favorable opinion uh, of the Pirates in general. Um, moving on, uh, the Pirates have, have designated Will Crow uh, for Simon outright. Um, I thought I saw somewhere they might have actually released him, but just in general, uh, he's healthy now, and the Pirates still have no interest to use him. Uh, whenever you know you have a bullpen that could probably could probably use him, but um, it just shows how bad that trade was. Uh, the Josh Bell trade for him and Eddie Yeen. Uh, Eddie Yeen literally is on a milk carton somewhere, a um, uh, missing uh, child on a milk carton somewhere because I haven't I, I haven't even heard of the guy. I, I think he maybe he's injured. I don't know, but like ever since the trade, the kid has not done anything down in in their system and like i said i haven't heard his name mentioned in quite a while um and i and i always said that that was the the deciding factor in this trade if if it was a winning trade for the pirates eddie yeen had to be some kind of asset to the team in the future because i knew that will crow was i mean i remember when they you know he started he tried to make him a starter and he was trash and they, you know, they, they moved him to the bullpen. And, you know, I think it was last year. I mean, he came out and he looked amazing. He looked really good. And then, you know, issues and injuries. And then this year, you know, injuries. And, uh, you know, it's just one of them things. Uh, so, yeah, you know, it just it just sucks. Um, like I said, I liked for real Crow to have been an asset in the bullpen. Uh, but I, I guess the Pirates just, they just said, nope, we're moving on. Um but yeah, Eddie Yeen, that's the, that's the big piece in this that is really disappointing. Um, you know, you got to remember that trade was oh, what four years ago now. Uh, you you would think by now, you know, you'd be you'd like to hear his name up there with you know Jared Jones and, and maybe AAA level with Kyle Nicholas and uh, Jared Jones, but you're not you're not hearing it. Um, so it's it sucks, and uh, that trade it just. It just ended up being a bad trade. It didn't. It didn't do really anything for the Pirates whatsoever. But that's 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 how it goes, man. With these trades, you just don't know. You really don't. Um, moving on. Uh, Henry Davis, the first Pirate to hit two home runs versus Otani. That was awesome. Uh, I I watched the game. I did get to watch part of that game, and uh, I got to see all that. And I thought that was just incredible that that out of all the people to do it, it was it was Henry Davis that, that was the first one to hit two home runs against against uh, Otani, and uh, just just a nice thing for that kid. I mean, I, look, I people just jump so quick about about players, young players when they get called up. Uh, it just it boggles my mind because I'm I'm just like people. You got to give these guys some time. Like it, it, it doesn't happen overnight. And I told you guys this. I told people. You know, I said, look, these guys are not going to come up and just light the world on fire. That's not how this works. And, and uh, sure enough, uh, he came up and he had at first. You know, he had to. He was going to welcome to the MLB. He was, he's going to see it's really hard to hit MLB pitching. But look at him now. He's really starting to catch fire now. And I mean, I don't even think he's really struggled that much. Uh, just in the beginning a little bit, and that's it. Um, but, I mean, he's he's doing, I think he's doing really well. And, like, just to see him do that, man, I mean, this could be the start of when he starts to turn it on big time. Uh, 
and I and I'm I'm all for it. And excited to see what he does. Um, moving on, uh, next thing I want to talk about was uh, Mackey of the Pittsburgh Post Gazette. He doesn't think that Reynolds is healthy. Um, and I, I, you know, I would, I'd have to agree with him because there's something wrong for sure. Uh, this is what he said. He said, "I don't think he's healthy. I really don't. I've seen him multiple times walking around the clubhouse with a wrap around his back." I've watched a lot of them. There's no way, absolutely no way, he's healthy right now. And I, I think he, I think he's right. I, I think there's something. Just there's just something wrong. Because look, this guy is the best baseball player on the team. And I mean, the way he came out on fire in in April, just to give you an idea of now how downhill it's went. Um, North Shore Nine put this on Twitter. I want to give them credit for this. Uh, they, they put how bad has Brian Reynolds been struggling in his last 220 plate appearances. Now, this was before last night's game, I believe. Um, his batting average in the last 51 games is 214. His on-base percentage is 300. Slugging percentage, 337. Weighted ones created plus 76. Walk rate, 10%. Strikeout rate is 20%. Only four home runs. Uh, stolen base is three and runs batted in 21. Uh, in 51 games, guys, that's... That is that is rough, especially for the Brian Reynolds that that we know, and uh, it's it's been tough to watch. I mean, I, I've seen other people on on Twitter, and I've looked at too, been looking at his bang stance, seeing how wide of a stance he has, swinging, looking off balance, um, just no power, all upper body. It looks like most of the time, um, just just an odd swing at times. Uh, his his. Uh, his choices of balls he swings at too, um, and maybe, maybe it weighs on him a little bit with the team struggling. I, I don't, I don't, you know, I know it has to be tough, um, but did, did you just, there's something definitely wrong with this dude. It, you just don't go from being Brian Reynolds that we know, or that was just absolutely destroying the baseball in April, and then you see him, uh, you know, in May to now, and you're just like, what the hell? Like, just, just crazy. Like how, how, how downhill he has went. And I, so I, I tend to believe Mackey on this. I, I, I think he do, does have uh, has some issues with his back that he's trying to play through. I, I, I just I don't. Here's the problem for me though: if the guy is that unhealthy, then put him on the IL. Like I, it ain't like they got anything now to really go for. I mean, it's over. Like I'd put him on the IL, let him heal, bring up another kid to play, bring Palacios back, let him play again some more. Like I'm perfectly fine with that now that I know that they're out of it. Like. And, and you can see that now that they're bringing up Andy and Pogoro and they brought up Henry, like they, they realized it's over and they're bringing the kids up now. So bring up Palacios back and let him play him and, and, and send Ron Reynolds to the injured list. If, if, if he's that unhealthy, I mean, why risk your $100 million investment of really hurting himself? I, that's To me, that's the way I look at it at least, is I just, there's just no way I would, I would want to risk that. But, uh, but yeah, so, but, um, moving on, uh, you know, so the whole thing with, uh, Andy getting called up and, you know, it blew up for Priester, um, when he was on the mound, uh, Keller gets on the mound, gets blown up (laughs) and it just seemed like every pitcher that Andy's catching is getting blown up out there and I, and it, it literally didn't take. Didn't take five days for people to just be like, "Yep, kid sucks. He can't do shit. 
you know, he's a horrible pitch caller. He doesn't know how to call a game. All this stuff. And then what happens last night, right? He, he, they do a bullpen game. Shutout. Calls a shutout. So, like, I was going to ask before last night's game. Today, I was going to ask, were people missing Austin Hedges? Was, was there any of you out there that were willing to say you kind of miss Austin Hedges being the main catcher because of how bad the pitching staff has been but then you see last night and I mean look out you know and I watch Andy you know I truly do understand where the Pirates are coming from with Henry Davis yeah Henry Davis does not pitch frame like Andy does and also Andy does call a different game than Austin Hedges uh I agreed uh I think it was one of the guys in the broadcast said that um I forget who it was one it was then them said he he calls more fastballs uh but Hedges calls more off-speed stuff and okay, maybe he does, but uh, but the kid will learn. That's the important thing. The kid will learn to how to call differently at the MLB level, and and that's what he needs to do. I think all this, all this is getting these kids up now, getting them the rest of this experience, the rest of the season in preparation for 2024 and making a run at possibly a playoff run. That's what I think this is all about. And yeah, he's gonna, he might, he might, he's gonna have some, you know. You're going to have a curve with him catching MB level, calling games. But his pitch framing is amazing. I think he does a really good job pitch framing. Um, is it at Austin Hedges' level, which I guess is ranked number one? No, it's not. However, comma, if he is good at it and can hit for, you know, maybe over 180. And his defense in general was awesome. I, last night he threw out that guy trying to steal second uh, on the hustling uh, bunt. Um, I thought that was just his hustle is awesome. And I loved, love the energy from Endy uh, when he's catching back here. I mean, just I love the energy he gives off. He's always pumped, always encouraging the, the pitcher. Dude, that is shit that gods will feed off forever. If you give off that kind of energy, man, so many guys in that dugout will feed off of that. And, and that, that's the kind of shit you want. But I, I just... I don't, for me personally, no, I do not miss Austin Hedges. And here's why. Because you, you can't have a guy that hits 180 consistently in this lineup. Just like Jim Leland said. You can't. You just can't. There needs to be a standard of something better than that. I mean, you know, and I'll, I'll get to the Andy home run in a second here. But anyways, but yeah, it just, no, I do not miss Austin Hedges. I don't. Now, I was curious if some of you guys do. But um, I, I just, th- I'm sorry, I just... Andy pitch frame is just fine. Last night in a bullpen game, he proved that he can call a game. Uh, I mean, you're taking on the Angels here. Taking on Otani and, and, and all these other guys. That Cabbage Kid, they just called up. They got a lot of good players on that team. And to shut them out in a bullpen game, I think Andy's just going to be just fine. Um, moving on. The uh, Pirates ended up signing Xander Muth. And uh, you knew they were going to have to go over slot. Um, here it is right here uh, per Jim Callis. Submetal second rounder Xander Moose signs the Pirates for $1.8 million. The pick value was $1.1 million. Um, so they, they went about they went a little under six hundred k over slot to sign the kid. Uh, he's in constant comparison to Tanner Hook as a low slot righty with heavy 92-94 miles per hour sinker to 97 and a sweeping low ace slider, a Mississippi recruit. So the Pirates were able to get Xander Muth, uh out of the grips of Mississippi, 
uh, to sign with them, um, which is good. Uh, like I told you, they were going to be one for two on that. It looked like Xander Muth would sign with them. Uh, so, and that brings me to the other guy, um, Daniel Covet, the third baseman, the hard hitting third baseman, uh, from, I forget what prep school he's out of, but, uh, but yeah, um, he had already put out there that, that, you know, Hey, I'm, I'm going to Miami and, and, you know, all that jazz. And it's just like, Oh, okay. Well, you know, they're saying the pirates have about a million dollars left over to make a run at this kid. So, and I guess they have till July, what was it, July 25th, if they are indeed going to make a run at him. So, I'm kind of interested to see if, if the Pirates are willing to be like, hey, you know, here's $900,000 for you to think about it. Because there's a rumor going around that the kid, if he's offered a high enough offering, he will sign. So... That would be great. I mean, if they ended up snagging this kid um, as well. Uh, like I said, and uh, he's a, he's supposed to be a Miami recruit. And he said on Instagram he's going to commit to Miami. But man, man, does money talk. So it'd be pretty sweet if they ended up both getting their overslot guys. And they uh, ended up pulling it off. Um and, and, you know, by the way, I, I wanted to bring this up, too. I don't even have this on my list of stuff to talk about, but I wanted to, to bring it up. Um, Dylan Cruz ended up signing with the Nationals for $8.9 million, I believe. $8.9 million. So the Pirates ended up signing Paul Skeens for $9.2 million. So it, it, it just goes to show they were willing to sign for a very high price. Uh, the number one overall pick. I think it's now we end up finding out that it really is true that it was mostly that that uh, Dylan Cruz just really didn't want to go to the Pirates. That's all it was. There was also the rumor out there. Uh, somebody reported, an actual reporter said that Dylan Cruz literally was going to go back to LSU if the Pirates drafted him. Um, but I think it was a good look for the Pirates to. I believe they said broke the record for for signing. The nine point two million is the new record uh, for the for the bonus, and I think that's and I think that's good a good look for the Pirates. I, I think that's something they needed to show that they're willing to do that. So you maybe you don't get a Dylan Cruz situation all the time. Um, so I don't know if the rumor of him wanting ten million is true, uh, and 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 if it was, maybe the Pirates would have gave him that. It's just that. In the end, I just think he was not going to go to the Pirates. I think that's what the truth is in all this, is that he literally just was not going to play for the Pirates. And it's a Scott Boris client, so it makes it makes all the sense in the world why that, that kid would do something like that, because that's got Boris written all over it. And uh, with Paul Skeens, like I said, I think his agent is the same as Henry Davis. So that makes more sense than ever, you know? So, um, But yeah, so I, I just, I'm not, I'm not surprised um, and I'm really glad they went with Skeens anyways. I, like I said, I don't know if I'd want them to deal with some guy like that, honestly. But all right, moving on. Um, so Jared Jones, uh, last night played, and I guess he, he hit 99 miles per hour on the gun. I don't know about you guys, but I, I haven't heard that yet. I have not heard that happen yet with him, to him to throw that well. That hard. Uh, mixed reviews. He had Dallas' uh, four innings. He had three hits, two two earned runs. Not that bad, though. But, I mean, we're hit, this kid's now hitting 99 on the gun. 
I mean, that's that's really good. I mean, that's that's bringing the fire, man. And I didn't know that kid could throw that hard. I didn't know he had that in him. But mind you, when they got him, he was really young. So, but we're talking about a guy in AAA on the cusp now hitting 99 on the gun. My lord, this is this is a kid that's going to be something else. And you think about grouping him with Skeens when they both get put on the team probably next year, called up. Oh, my gosh. That that rotation, it's going to go from being a liability to the strength of the team. It really is. And, and I mean, you know, or at least you hope it will. I mean, we, I don't want to be negative. I, I want to be positive. I think this is going to be a great rotation in the future. I think it really is. And to see... Jones now hitting 99 on the gun. That just excites me. I, I, I To see that, I'm like, okay, now this guy's got a power fastball, basically, that he can hit 99 with. Um, I mean, just think about Aronzi Contreras when he was hitting 98. I can't remember if he touched 99. But, I mean, think about how well he was doing before his velocity dipped because he could throw that hard. So I, I'm, I'm pretty excited to hear those kind of things that Jared Jones is doing uh, down at AAA. Um, wanted to get into last night's game a little bit. Um, like I said, it was a bullpen game. Uh, the way the Pirates have been struggling minus one game against the Indians. Um, I'm sorry, not the Indians, the Guardians. Forgive me. Uh, I, I just, um, I didn't expect this game to go very well. Uh, but it, but it really did. It, it was, it was, it was a great, uh, effort by the bullpen and, um, uh, but what I thought was interesting last night, uh, in the third inning, Connor Joe had a 3-0 count, and he swung at the next pitch. And I was like, whoa, wait a second here. My man had a 3-0 count, and the Pirates gave one of their hitters a green light? And now, mind you, he he didn't do nothing with it, but still. I, I thought that was very interesting. I, I I thought to myself, whoa, like like are we are we starting maybe a change of direction in uh, in their their hitting philosophy maybe? Maybe now they'll start letting them be more aggressive um on pitches. I mean I you know I I'd, I'd have to I'd have to see if there's even like to look at how many pitches in the zone they swung at last night, or if they try to get more walks. I think I only recall like one, one at bat. One of the younger guys. It was a pitch in the zone, and he got called out. And it was it was it wasn't that far out of the zone. It was in like right on, pretty much almost over the plate, and he didn't swing at it. But for the most part, I thought they were taking their swings last night pretty good. I thought they were being very aggressive uh, on balls in the zone. But I, I, I don't know. Um, I hope that the philosophy is being changed a little bit. I'd like to think somebody goes, hey, like, you know, you guys got to go out there and swing at the ball. Like, you got to be aggressive. Like, we got to quit with this stupid, get as many walks as you can and be overpatient on pitches. Like, I, that shit's got to go. Um, and, I, and I hope that's what's happening. So when he got the green light on the 3-0 pitch, I was just like, whoa, what? this is different. Um, I thought that double play by uh, Gonzalez and Vergara was awesome. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to remember exactly. I think it was uh, what one out, bases loaded, Beto's in trouble. And, and I mean, just the, the nice line drive to Gonzalez, flips it to Vergara, just gets the guy doubled off the base. Vergara's screaming out loud. He's all fired up. And, I, and, man, again, love to see that shit. Love to see these guys fired up and yelling. 
I like the emotion. I like the energy these young kids bring, man. I mean, I just, this is the kind of shit this kind of team needs. It's very, I mean, and I don't want to make comparisons, but it's very reminiscent of that 13 team when, when, when A.J. Burnett was traded for and they signed Russell Martin. All these guys had, they had that, that emotion and that they get fired up and had that energy that people could feed off of. And they believed in themselves and, and, that, and they were leaders. And if, if that's what these guys are, the Henry Davises and the Andy Rodriguez and the Live Pagaros, man, I, they need that. They, a team that's struggled this bad for so late, they need that kind of stuff. They really do. And I, and I love it. I really do. And it was an awesome play. Uh, but, um, and then Beto falls with the K to get out of it, which was awesome. I, I, you know, that's what it was. I think it was bases loaded, no outs. It was something like that. And, and, it, and it got the double play. Then Beto K's the next guy to get out of it. It was, just, it was just an awesome job by him, too, by Beto. He did, he did really good last night, too. Got in trouble a little bit, but, but he got out of it. He did really well. And I like him. I, I, I kind of wish they'd just start him. Like, I, I, I don't know why they, they keep playing this little game where we get a little opener. You know, I'm Barucky, by the way. Uh, you know, I was throwing a lot of shade at that dude uh, a while back. But you know what? He's done better. He really has. And I, and I got to give him credit. You know, um, I, I, they were showing, like, his last uh, about three outings, I think it was, or seven outings or something like that. And I saw and I was like, oh, wow. I was like, you know, he's, he is doing a lot better. And, and I'd watched him and thought he was. Uh, and, and I mean, I think he K'd Otani last night. He, he did really, did really well. I, I, you know, I, I'm glad to see the kids doing better because, because at the beginning, man, it was rough and it, it was like, you know, and I gotta be patient too, man. Like that's the other thing. Like he may not be a prospect coming through the system, but the Pirates add these kind of guys and you see the ERA and you're like, Oh, this guy's another, another guy that just is just trash. Right. But you know, Hey, the Pirates tweak things. That's what they do. That's what a small market team does. They add guys that are not doing well. They maybe see something in them. They pull them in. They try to tweak some things and see if they get that diamond in the rough. That's what small market teams do. And, hey, maybe they get lucky. Maybe Brucky, they fix something with him. Maybe he's going gonna to be way better for them. And uh, But I wanted to give the kid credit. I thought he did really well last night. Um all them, all them, all the, all of those guys that came in last night from the bullpen did great, uh, and it was just really good to see. And and like I said, also credit to Andy. Speaking of Andy, uh, how about that home run last night? That was that was incredible. How that ball was low, low in the zone to knee, and I mean he went down and tattooed it. That was awesome to see, and you, you're happy for the kid. And then you find out that Henry Davis had pulled Andy Rodriguez aside per Jason Mackey earlier Saturday to talk to him about his swing and his load, and he encouraged Andy to get ready faster. And then Andy's like, I put it into practice. That helped me. And he's like, I really appreciate Henry showing me that. I thought that was so awesome to hear another prospect just called up trying to help another prospect, not to mention another catcher that he was in competition with to be the starting catcher called up and 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 here he is just helping the kid helping each other and you're just like wow this is this is awesome i you know i prefer to be the you know the hitting coach you know andy haynes anyone but you know apparently not but it was just awesome to 
to hear that Henry Davis was helping him. But it's it's kind of funny, you know, I see all the ND hate and this kid's already hit his first home run. And I'm thinking in my head, how many home runs does Austin Hedges have? Like what, two? Maybe? I don't even know if he has two. I know for a fact he hit one. I've, I saw the one. But I'm thinking in my head, my kid's hit his first home run in the last, he got called up what, Tuesday? Monday or Tuesday? It's, it was Saturday night last night. So yeah, he's already hit a home run. So yeah. Uh, I will take um, Andy Rodriguez uh, getting more time over Austin Hedges any day. Sorry, I, I, I'm I'm over that experiment with Austin Hedges being the main guy, and and I'm and I'm really happy to see Andy put a charge into one, and it's just awesome seeing these kids helping each other. Just real encouraging stuff for me. I, I just I just love it. And, and I'm so excited. I really am. I'm so excited for the future of this team. And and how about the ending to last night's game? Oh, my gosh. Pirates are up 3 nothing. Bednar loads the bases. One out, loads the bases. You're like, oh, my God. This is it. This is where they're going to once again lose the game. I'm sorry. I was being negative. I was. I'm going to be honest. Like, I was pissed off. I was like, here we go. They do so good the whole game. And here we go. They're going to blow it right at the end. And then you see Endy. Like, all fired up, pounding his glove to Bednar. Like, let's go. You got this. And he's just like, oh, my God, this kid is awesome. Like, he just never stops. He brings that energy. And no shit, Bednar throws it. It's hit right to him. Throws it to Andy. Andy to first to Santana. They double him up. Game over. And you can see how fired up Bednar was. Because Bednar gets fired up anyways. You know, he's a yinzer, for God's sakes. It don't take much. And... You just see how, how that, that energy from Endy worked with him, too, and how they fed off that. And, I mean, that's, that's the shit that you, I can't wait to see next year. That energy, and if they add anything in the offseason to this team that legitimately helps, man, look out. And that's, I, I'm hoping that's really what happens. Um, all right, I'm going to go ahead and move on to tonight's game. I guess I'll do a pregame uh, for tonight. Uh, it's going to be Mitch Keller. Um, he is going to be taking on a familiar face, Tyler Anderson. Uh, you guys remember him. He played for the Pirates. He did really well for the Pirates. Um, he's a lefty uh, in 17 games with uh, the Angels this year. He's 4-2. and two. Now, he hasn't been doing great. He's got a 5-17 ERA, 87 innings pitch, 73 strikeouts, and a 1-5-5 whip. So, you know... The Angels, like I said, they got a lot of good players, but they're also missing Mike Trout, and that hurts. So this is a series where, like, you could honestly say, hey, maybe they could come in here and, and win two out of three. Do I have that expectation of them? No, because this is a very young team. The pitching's struggling, so of course not. I would love to see them win a game. They've already done that. But if you see that the young guys are starting to pick it up, uh, and if the pitching can just just get their shit together a little bit. I could I could see them winning this game. I really could. Um, Keller's going to be on the bump tonight for the Pirates. Uh, today, sorry, today at 4.07, I think it's start time. Um, Keller's 20 games, 9-5, 373 RA, 123 innings pitch, 130 Ks, guys, and a 116 whip. Now, again, he, like, got his brains beat in by, by Cleveland. Um, eight earned runs, ten hits last game. Only had one strikeout. He did really bad. Uh, again, people blaming Endy for that. Uh, and, you know, we'll see. I mean, if if it happens again tonight, 
uh, yeah, I could, I could definitely see, uh, possibly seeing Austin Hedges, uh, out there whenever Keller is, uh, starting from here on out. In fact, actually, you might see it today. It could happen. It's 108. I don't think, I don't think they got lineups out yet. I highly doubt it. I could try to look real quick on the site I use, but yeah, I, I honestly, if, if he, if he struggles today, I, I could eat, if any back there, I could easily see, uh, an Austin Hedges, um, from here on out, uh, happening. And this isn't, and by the way, this isn't the first time that would happen. There are tons of teams that, uh, have pitchers, aces that only want specific catchers for them. I, I think that Garrett Cole, when he was with the Pirates, only had a specific catcher. Uh, it wasn't... I'm trying to remember who it was, but um, it wasn't... Uh, gosh, I'm trying to remember their names. But it wasn't the main catcher for us at the time. He, it, was the, it was the backup. He preferred him over anyone else. So I'm not seeing any lineups posted yet, guys, but uh, but don't be surprised if 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 Keller struggles again with Andy behind the plate, if he is behind the plate, don't be surprised if next time it's Austin Hedges that's out there. I could I could definitely see it. I'm not sure what the lineup will be today. Um, going against a lefty, uh, you're probably going to see, you'll definitely see Connor Joe out there. Um, I could see Santana first, Choi DHN. I don't know, maybe they'll DH Kutch. I don't know. They're going to have to decide which one at that group they're going to go with. And then um, as far as the outfield goes, I Sawinski's going to – he had a break yesterday, so he's definitely going to play. Uh, Ryan Reynolds will play. Uh, Henry Davis will, will probably start. Triolo. Um, maybe Gonzalez is short. Marcano sits against the lefty. And then Bagaro – or no, he'll play second with Bagaro at short. Maybe that'll be it. Um, and like I said, I'm not sure if Hedges will catch today or if it will be Andy. I'm not really sure. But it should be interesting. I'm interested to see what the Pirates, what decision the Pirates make on that um, moving forward. All right, guys. Uh, the last thing, and I, I don't want this to be taken in a negative way, but uh, but I um, I wanted to look it up because I was just curious. So they have the, the tankathon.com for MLB, the draft lottery simulator. Um and I think it's really interesting, and, and you know, and I, there could be an argument that they, they are trying to do this um, one last time, but the Pirates are now in sixth place uh, when it comes to uh, having a shot at the, at the draft lottery for the, for the first overall pick. They're now sixth. They're in the slot to have a 7.50% odds of getting the first overall pick again. Um, ahead of them is Oakland number one, obviously, uh, but KC's right there. Uh, they have almost the same record, almost. Uh, KC, then Colorado's third, uh, Washington's four, Chicago White Sox are five. That is just incredible to me how bad that team has been with the players they have. But, um, but yeah, the Pirates are right there again. And, and some people think they're doing this by design. They're... They're trying to get a high, high draft pick four years straight right as they go into that first year of trying to contend for a playoff spot. Now, do I think they're trying to do that by design? I don't know. I, I, I mean, 
you hate to say that, but, you know, I don't know. But I'll tell you what, all these guys are called up. They're bringing a lot of energy. They're going to learn for the next two-plus months. And if they get another top pick, say they get in the top three, top four, that's another top player they add to this system. It, it could go really well uh, if they would go another college player uh, next year's draft. So I'm, I don't want to be excited about them being that close to the top five, but at the same time, it, it wouldn't if, if we know they're going to lose. So like, it doesn't really kill me to see them be top five again and get one of these top players moving forward. But I wanted to let everybody know that like there is that 2024 MLB Draft Lottery Simulator on Tankathon that you might want to pay attention to because it shows the odds. The Pirates were top three in odds last year, and they got the number one overall pick in the lottery. So they're they're one rank away from being in the 10% odds. They'll move up from 7.50 to 10%. So I'm I'm going to be definitely keeping an eye on this because. Uh, like I said, this is just this is one of, the, one of the cool things about the whole lottery of the first round pick, the overall first round pick that I love. Um, so just something for everybody to pay attention to as well. Uh, but yeah, the tankathon thing is it's on, man, and I'm and I'm paying attention to it while also enjoying watching these young kids play to see them develop more. But all right, guys, uh, that's all I got. Um, if you're enjoying the podcast, uh, please hit the add button or the plus button, uh, follow button. I'd really appreciate it if you do it on Spotify. That'd be even better. It'd be awesome. Uh, I'm also on the uh, Stiller Sanctuary podcast uh, with David Beer of StillerSanctuary.com. If you're Stiller fans out there, we just did a new episode like two days ago. Um, I'm also on TikTok. Uh, the Hodgepodge Nonsense podcast has some TikTok. Um, but yeah, hit me up, man. I love talking baseball. But take care, guys. I'm out.